0: Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spirit Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. So welcome back to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where our mission is to inspire and propel others along in their leadership journeys. So excited to continue the series today with Phil Harrison. Uh, Phil, appreciate you taking the time. Um, for those who don't know you, we always like to start the show with a very easy question Who are you?
1: Well, oh, thanks for having me on. Uh, so, who am I? Uh, I would say, first and foremost, I'm a person that's driven by mission. Uh, and I think looking at my career path and where I'm at, and how I've gotten here, it is, I've always been attracted to a place or an entity, something that has a purpose, has that mission. Uh, and I think that's really driven to me, my work. So I'm born and raised here in Spokane, Washington, lived here my whole life. Um, and with that mission, I love community. And one reason I, you know, I left Spokane to go to school for a little bit out on the other side of the state here in Washington, but I came back because I do really love this community. And I think that's the second piece of of who I am is I really do value building that community and being part of something. So I look at whether and you know when I work out at the gym, you know, I do take classes because I like that classes and I like that community feel when I go to the gym, you know, I look to join different activities because I enjoy my friends or, you know, those interests. So you know I play softball on on Monday nights and I do that because I enjoy that collaboration, that team atmosphere, that community. Um, I picked up skiing because all my friends were doing it. I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I don't want to say I've picked up golf. I struggle through golf. Um, and that's, and that's also because, you know, it's something that my friends enjoy and there are times that I do enjoy it. Um, but with that being said, I, I, you know, doing those things to be around family, to be around friends and to be a part of the community.
0: Awesome, yeah. I uh, I have not. I have tried my hand at you know like putt putt and top golf, <laughs> yeah. and quickly learned that it was not my specialty. But definitely a game that like I know a lot of people really enjoy. So I yeah. want I want to kind of build that up to at least be respectable, right? Like, like, I don't have to be good. I just want to be respectable.
1: (laughs) That's that's what we're trying to get right now. Respectable.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So Phil, you kind of mentioned, you know, um, how that sense for community and mission driven work has really like driven your, your career as well. So could you tell our audience a little bit about how you've gotten into the leadership position that you're in today?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I went to the University of Washington for my undergrad. And well, at the time, I had no idea when I first started what I wanted to do. I had a million ideas. And I realized that uh, I wanted to be a teacher through my time uh, at UW. And so once I graduated, I graduated with an English major, I was going to go back, and get my master's in teaching. Because um, really, I, I, I liked working with people, I did a couple of TAs and student teaching classes while I was at UW. Um, I worked for a summer camp in the summer. So obviously I like working with kids. I like that mentorship. I grew in a leadership role during those summers where I got to work more with the staff and have that leadership role. Um, And after I graduated that summer camp, I was working for YMCA Camp Reed here in Spokane. uh, There was an opportunity for a program job as a program coordinator full time. And I was like, yeah, I would, I would love to do that. Maybe I'll work for a year or so and then go back to school and just, you know, I, I love the camp. I love what I was doing there. And so it was a more expanded leadership role. <clears throat> so I hopped into that and uh, realized that the part of teaching I was attracted to was that, that coaching, that mentoring, working with people. Um, and one of the reasons I chose English uh, is it allowed, I thought, English allowed for an opportunity to allow me to mentor more than maybe some other subjects. Not to say that one subject isn't better than the other, that was just my perspective on it. And um, I felt that with English, I could be an avenue for students uh, to express themselves, to discover themselves, and to really develop. So during my time at, at YMCA Camp Reed, I realized I liked working with people. So then Gonzaga here, Gonzaga University here in Spokane had a master's program in organizational leadership, and so it really did align, and I could do school at the same time while also working full time. And that it was a it was a long couple of years to be busting out some schoolwork, but with that being said, I was able to get my master's, uh, and really did discover I had a knack for working with people, for leading leading people to read you know, what individuals needed to be successful and doing everything I could to uplift them. And then from there, I was able to excel in the, to the position. I took another opportunity um, with a uh, Dorian, a school photography company and marketing, just to see something different, get new experiences, and then ultimately came back as the executive director for YMCA Camp Reed. Um, and during my time, I once again realized I, I know how to work with people. I'm good at leading team. I had to build a team of Fifty to seventy-five people each year. Um, fundraising was something that I was, you know, getting good at and figuring out. So, you know, those steps kind of continued aligned. And then was fortunate enough to uh, come upon this opportunity here at the Ronald McDonald House. And I've been here since September of twenty twenty-one. So, just about nine months.
0: Awesome, awesome. I love how that um, that journey kind of started with. I'll stay here for a year. (laughs) And and you quickly, I I think that that happens to, you know, to a lot of people where you quickly kind of realize like, Oh, I actually like this. I'm good at it. Like, let's make a career out of this. And it's just, it's so funny thinking to like, when we, you know, just get out of school and, you know, we have absolutely no clue what it is. Like we like, and that just further kind of solidifies, like, you had one plan and then very quickly went to the next plan and, you know, have just made a tremendous career out of it and have been super successful um, in doing so. Um, so kudos to you, Phil. Um Thanks. One of the things that really stuck out to me about, you know, just in interacting with you, Phil, and, you know, feedback that, that I've heard um, is just that, that piece around building relationships. And that's something mm-hmm. that, you, that you talked about as well as, you know, building and leading those teams and mentorship and, and all that comes with that. Just want to hear more about kind of your approach and philosophy um, as to how you build relationships as a leader.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you talked about the team. I talked about softball and golf. So sports is something that's always been prevalent in my life. So the concept of a team is something that has been, uh, I've been embedded in since kindergarten when I was playing baseball, uh, and all through my years. So that, that concept of team and understanding that everyone has their roles to play and that, you know the all-star pitcher plays the same role as the guy who's sitting on the bench and waiting to get his opportunity. Um, and you know, been on teams where I was the best player and been on teams where I was not the best player. <laughs> and, you know, I had to run the scoreboard or run the books for baseball or whatever it is. Uh, but everyone has their role to play and how you contribute. So, you know my my approach to relationship is, I I think, and I think the pandemic has really showed us this that. Um, you have to have that relationship with your staff. And obviously every relationship is different. You know, my relationship with my finance director, someone who I work very closely with, is going to be very different than, um, you know, a relationship with one of our family service coordinators who's more on the front line. Not to say I can't have relationships with both, but it is important uh, to me that that, that is there. Um, and so some things that are, are really important. So I try to reflect because I have, you know, grown pretty quickly from a frontline person to now in a leadership roles to remember those times when I was on the frontline, Hey, what was important to me in those opportunities? So it's, it's really, to me, it's doing a lot of the little things and trying to do them as best as you can. Um, and so one, you know, everyone talks about it, but communicating as much as possible, try to be as, as open, communicative, willing to listen, uh, as much as possible. Along with that, just being present, I think, is really important. Whether that's physically in a meeting or, you know, one little thing that I do here. So, here at the Ronald McDonald House, we have two houses. They're right across the street. My office mainly is across the street. Today, I'm actually working out of the north house, and so that's an example. It's this: I'm intentional that hey, there are some days I'm going to work over here so the staff over here can see me. You know, and I park in the garage. I could walk outside directly too. Or, you know, I make sure to come through the house just so people can see and say hello. So it's little things like that that I try to be very intentional or also understanding that everyone has different needs. There are some folks who, you know, when we sit down to meet, they just want to hop right to work. And so it's like, if we have to hop right back to work, then we're going to hop back right back to work. And I'm going to have my agenda. We're going to knock it out. There's other folks who it's like, Hey, we need to have that sit down five, 10 minute touch base and just say, Hey, how you doing? How are your kids? Or, Oh, Hey, you know, you, uh, you went golfing this weekend. Hey, did you run your marathon? How did it go? You know, X, Y, and Z just showing that interest in them. Um, because that, you know, like I said, every, every person's different. So some people want you to have that value in their personal life and other people just like, Hey, we're here to get work done. So, Um, it's making sure that you understand that every person is, is, is different and your relationship and your approach has to be different too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And love that. I mean, just kind of that, that leadership style that's adaptive to, to what people are seeking in their leader. Um, so Phil, for those people who are looking, you know, because you kind of have this like philosophy that that's present and I call it old school leadership. Of like you know, work is work, personal is personal, and you don't mix the two. Um, yeah. But it sounds like you're very open to like, hey, how's the family going? How are the kids? You know, your your son had a baseball game. How'd that go? You know, whatever it is. How do you mm-hmm. how do you manage to you know draw the line between that personal and professional um, life? You know, when when creating those relationships, or is that
1: even a concern of yours? Um, I, I think concern is maybe, uh, I don't want to say too harsh of a word, but it has a negative context. I think it's something just to be aware of is to understand when am I um, overstepping my bounds or when am I not stepping enough? So, you know, for example, we had an employee who just bought a house and that's something that they have been actively talking about. So this goes to just active listening with my employees. If I have an employee who's Hey, you know, Hey, I have to take off. I uh, we're early. Is that okay? We're going to go look at a house. Okay, great. This person is actively telling me and talking about all the searching and all the houses. So this is something they're invested in. They didn't have to tell me any of that. They just said, Hey, I have to take off early. Okay, great. No worries. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, but the fact that they are keeping me updated shows me that I have to have that investment back. Um, so then if I have an employee who is maybe not as willing or doesn't you know, show that like, that doesn't mean I can't ask those questions just to say like, you know, for those employees, I might just be like, Hey, how was your weekend? Just very blanket statement. And if it's like, Oh, it was good. You know, me and my kids, we did this and we did this and we did that. And then I got lay out there and I did some yard work. Then it's like, okay, this person one is inviting me in. But if it's, Oh, you know, it was good. It's like, okay. And I understand there that like you know, that act of listening, okay, this is a person who maybe doesn't need or doesn't want me to be as involved. So I think it's, it's a little of both. And also understanding who you're talking to, you know, as a a younger leader, um, I I do have to be aware that, um, you know, especially with some of uh, my directors and board members and other folks that I work with, it's uh, a generation that is maybe above mine. Um, And so I have to be aware that, you know, my approach, how I may speak, Um, those conversations have to be a little different as compared to, you know, when I am working with, you know, other staff who are closer to my age. Like, I also understand, like, if they're looking at me, they, you know, some of those folks want me to, to, they want to see that I am a normal person and I, (laughs) and I do want to be a normal person. You know, I want to show that. I think that's one reason why I've got here is I've never been afraid to say, this is, Hey, this is who I am. Like, this is, this is what it is. And this is who I am. Um, and so you know, when I'm having those interactions. So it's, it's finding that, that balance of am I, am I still being true to myself, but also being responsive to what the other person needs. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million
0: meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riverlightchicago.org. Again,
1: riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I just love, I love that approach. And I think that, yes, like a, a place and a culture where you feel like you can be just your authentic and full self is what's just going to allow you and kind of unlock that potential, you know, that you have and likewise for your staff as
1: well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I would also add, like, it's also important for those things um, as we're talking here. Is like, you know, it can't all be fun all the time, <laughs> but so, but when it is time to buckle down, I have built that trust in that relationship to say, Hey, we will have that time when we're going to, you know, be ourselves and relax, but Hey, right now we got to buckle down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've got we've got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. awesome. So, Phil, you know, you you mentioned how you recently stepped into this new role at the Ronald McDonald House. So, maybe this is something you've recently faced, or maybe it's something that you know in a previous role that you faced or a previous organization. But can you tell me about a time where you had to adapt to a an established culture when entering into a new position, a new organization and kind of the specific challenges you face and how you handled that?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, so I, I I'll first go back to my time working for Dorian a school photography company, um, I don't know anything about cameras. I don't know anything <laughs> about school photography. Uh, up until that point, I'd only really worked in nonprofits other than working as a courtesy clerk at Safeway. Um, so up until that point, like nonprofits and working with kids really was all I know. Now, in school photography, yes. But, you know, I was going into marketing. And so when going into a new culture and a new environment, one of the big things that I keep bringing this up, but just listening and uh, asking questions and just trying to understand, all right, what is this culture? Who are we and what are we trying to establish? Um, and so when coming to the Ronald McDonald house, you know, those, that first, those first few weeks, and, you know, still obviously asking those questions and learning, you know, I was trying to meet with as many people as possible and just try to ask questions. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned when transitioning to a new position, because every culture is different. Um, and so just trying to like be a fly on the wall and just try to list and ask questions and ask questions of the whole gambit, not just, you know, the, the high donors or the board members or my direct reports, but also, you know, I, you know, I had a sit down uh, conversation with a few uh, family service coordinator staff here uh, at our North house. I went out to our North Idaho house, did the same thing. So really trying to touch and, and interact with as many folks as I could just so that way, you know, I could try to gain that understanding of culture, and then from there, um, it was really, I would say, working alongside my direct reports. Um, you know, and 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 I still I still do that, but I think in a transition, it's really important to sort of walk along with them, so you get an understanding of, all right, this is who they are, this is how they they lead, this is how they work, and then on top of that, you see their staff, how they work, how things operate. And then you get a a clearer picture of the whole. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely important to invest that time on the front end, because uh, (laughs) if you don't, then you get to the back end, you're trying to roll out, you know, new things and they're like, who the heck is this guy?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say like, after going through this transition, one thing, and being this is such a leadership role that, uh, I would be very mindful of any future transition or any advice to anyone is understanding. It also comes in phases. You know, there's the first month or first couple of months where there's the feel it out stage. Everyone's people are trying to get to know you, you're trying to get to know them. And then there's the, okay, we're comfortable. We can put a little more on your plate here. And then there's the next stage where it's like, okay, you're ready to start really taking it on. So it's like, there, there's always uh, a learning Uh, curve to happens. is just that point when you feel like you've got a handle on things, just be ready for that next moment of, okay, okay, I got it. Okay. Got it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, love that. Love that. So Phil, you know, you um, are just a very, very bright guy with a lot of great ideas. And I'm sure, you know, from your time Mm -hmm. at the Y saw a lot of great ways to do things, a lot of maybe not Mm -hmm. so great ways to do things, you know, throughout your career. And now you're enter, you know, have entered into this role at the Ronald McDonald mm-hmm. House, and we talked about, you know, the the culture and how you how you adapt to that. But, you know, when thinking about like operational improvements or just you know the organizational improvements, how do you balance new initiatives, trying new things out versus improvements to what's already there?
1: Yeah, I, I think um, there's a couple factors that go into it. One, I think just where the organization where the staff is at. So having a good feel of like, Hey, right now, because of x So right now, for example, um, we had the most families ever stay with us. We had 40 families stay with us about three weeks ago. And, and we've been running at a pretty high occupancy, which is great. And we planned for it. It just came a little sooner than we anticipated. Uh, and so with that, you know, now's not really a time where we want to be trying to implement some new changes and some new initiatives. So, it, just, you know, knowing how the staff is doing. So, it's having a feel for where your staff is at, at that moment, where the organization is at. So, it's like, okay, hey, right now, this is not the time because of X, Y, and Z reasons to take on new change. And then, you know, there are other times, hey, it's slowed down. You know, so right now we're also like in high event season. Um, we just had an event on Friday. We have another one coming up in a month. So, right now, from a development standpoint, Family service because my time is is really locked up in development. Now might not be the time to implement a whole bunch of new changes. Um, you know, if let's say hypothetically, like uh, there was a, some new staff coming in with family service, that might not be the time to put in a n- bunch of new concepts. Now, let's say we weren't going through that, that would be a great opportunity. So I think timing is, is one, uh, and then two. I think it's um, bringing in your key stakeholders. Once again, going back to the the team atmosphere. Um, so, you know, if we're going to make an improvement or make a change, hey, am I making this change on my own or am I bringing in key stakeholders who are going to have a say in bringing them to the table? Um, sometimes that's, hey, I'm thinking about this. Can I get your opinion? Great, cool. I got your opinion. I've gathered. Okay, hey, this is what we're going to do. There are other times because um, maybe there are gaps in so many different areas. It's like, Hey, we just got to come together and we got to talk about it. Um, so I think it, and then, so it's, it's understanding that situation and then bringing in your key stakeholders.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And kudos to you and the team for, uh, for those high occupancy numbers and just being able to, you know, continue to grow the impact of the Ronald Mm -hmm. McDonald house in the inland Northwest.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a fun couple of weeks. You know, we've had families, so we fill our North house first, which is our new house. And then we fill the original house uh, second. And so for the last, basically since the start of April, uh, we have had families in the South house, which is the longest time we've had. So we've been a pretty consistent 36, 40 families for the last month, which is uh, like I said, it's exciting because we anticipated it. It's also a little, Uh, you know, people are working pretty hard right now, which is, you know, kudos to the team for for doing so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not exciting, like knowing the circumstances of why, Mm -hmm. you know, families have to be in the house. But it's exciting knowing that you guys are providing that service to be able to, you know, support during that time. Um, And, you know, just absolutely love the mission uh, of the Ronald McDonald House. So, um, you know, Phil, you've mentioned, you know, a couple times just being that, that younger, that younger leader. Um, mm-hmm. And I would, you know, go out and on a limb and say, you know, um, you might be one of the younger, you know, youngest leaders that we have on the podcast here, you know, um, and, you know, maybe, maybe not, but maybe so, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you
0: know, what to, what to kind of talk about, you know, how you've. How you've gotten there, and you've talked about, you know, why why you were so, you know, kind of drawn to education at first, and then nonprofit, and you know, especially with with organizations that had met or, um, had like an impact and on on children, and being able to work with kids, and you know, mm-hmm. provide a service for them. Um, so mentorship is, you know, something that it sounds like is very important to you. And I'm sure that you couldn't have gotten into the role that you've gotten into, you know, so quickly without some mentors, you know, in your career. So can you tell me, you know, kind of some more about the mentors you've had in your career, the impact they've had, and how you're kind of, you know, giving back now um, that you're in this type of position to try to develop that next generation of leaders?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I, I would say I've been very fortunate and blessed to have, uh, some, uh, really strong, uh, role models and mentors in my life. Some of who, um, you know, I still call on a, on a pretty regular <laughs> basis. Um, and so I think it, it starts once again, going back to my time with at y, at YMCA Camp Reed, you know, I was a, as a camper, you know, mentorship and role modeling is something that they really preach. And you look up to these people and looked up to my, my camp counselors. And so as a kid, you want to be that camp counselor. And So when I had that opportunity, I wanted to have that same impact on a kid. Um, and then from there, you know, obviously with camp, there's, there's quite a few that I, I've been able to build, uh, some that, uh, that definitely have stand stood out, um, both, like one, when I was a just as a summer camp counselor, uh, a guy named Landon Crisellius. He works uh, at Whitworth uh, University. Uh, just someone who was in the role that I eventually took as the program coordinator. That just had a great way to work with people and was so even keeled. I I think I I never saw him rattled, which was <laughs> which was incredible. And uh, and you know, I just felt like he you know knew who he was and was true to himself. Um, and then from there, um, was able to meet, uh, Ryan and Katie Harnatow. Um, they're two close family friends. I've got to watch their kids grow up. Um, and, uh, uh, Katie is now, uh, CEO of market or not CEO. She is marketing. I'm going to mess up her title. She's at Amazon and she's in charge of marketing. She's she's an <laughs> absolute boss. I call her um, all the time to pick her brain for advice because um, she just works incredibly hard, but at the same time, she's also very much about her family, um, both Ryan and Katie for that matter, but they're both about family and they have for some, for folks who've worked so hard and have accomplished so much and to still be invest in family and to have that connection and have, friends and build that community and be a part of something that is something that I want in my life is to have family, to, to be a part of community, but also to be successful and be that mentor. So those are two individuals um, that really stand out. You know, on my time, um, once again, with, with camp, there's a few board members who have grown really fun relationships with that I continue to reach out and talk to on, on a regular basis. Um, you know, my former board chair, Allison Connolly, someone who I reached out to Steve Smith, he's retired, uh, one board member, my Carpelli. She's on our board, which is very cool that I get to have <laughs> that relationship still continue. Um, and then the last person that I will stay, um, his name is Joe Fern. Uh, he, uh, I got to work with him for a few years. He was a former director at a camp and we got to work together, uh, in 2014 and 2015, um, and, uh, just had a, a huge impact on, uh, on my life. Um, unfortunately he, uh, he, uh, passed away, uh, from cancer, um, a few years back. Um, but just, um, an incredible person, um, sorry, uh, just an incredible guy. Cause he was someone that I could really confide in. And when I, anytime I was thinking about a career shift, he was someone who I could go to and pick his brain. And it wasn't just me um, he was that person to so many other folks. Um, and so that inspiration that it just doesn't have to be, you can be a mentor to more than one person. It can be to everyone. Um, so then that translates to where I'm at now. So during my time at the Y, um, I always tell the staff, you need a reference, please list me. I'd be happy to, to help you out. You know, one of the things that I was really big on is, if staff were going to not come back the next summer to try to have like a 15, 30 minute conversation just to say, Hey, you're going to, you're going to be pursuing a career. That's why you're, you know, maybe moving on from this summer job. You know, what questions do you want to ask? Is there any advice I can give you? Um, and so making sure I can be that, that sounding board. And especially now that I've stepped away, uh, I'm looking forward to more of them coming back. And, you know, I've already had a couple, it's like, Hey, can we meet up? I just want to pick your brain or, Hey, of course, I, you know, I filled out plenty of references, but being able to to pick their brain. And then, here with this staff, you know, we're going through some transition and looking at our org chart. So here, I really want to identify talent um, because someone did that for me. They identified me as a young talent. And so I want to make sure that I give back in the same way as if Hey, if we have talent here, let's keep them here because that's how we're going to, you know, continue to build a a strong house. So, um, who's our young talent? How do we promote them? Um, how do we set them up for success? So let's not put them in a position where they're going to fail. And then, um, how can we continue to build them up? What what tools do they need? So whether it's um, training, education, more hands on experience, supervision, whatever it is, let's have that discussion so we can give them opportunities that they can continue to learn and grow.
0: I love that. I love that. And it sounds like you've had just some incredible, um, you know, people in your life, and always mm-hmm. love to, just kind of you know, be able to highlight highlight that and. And highlight as well for our audience of, you know, seeking out those mentors as well, um, you know, mm-hmm. jumping on LinkedIn and just finding someone who shares common interest and in trying to build up a relationship. But mm-hmm. the same way for like the executive leaders it's like, you know, like you do it, you, you provide mentorship to be able to, to help that person. Um, Mm -hmm. but when you are a mentor, um, I'm sure that you can speak to this as well. Like you get so much fulfillment for it for yourself as well. So, you know, you don't want to like go out there, you know, with the intention of, Oh, I'm just going to feel great after doing this. You know, (laughs) the number one, you know, focus should be, you know, I want to help this person along. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that, you know, that's just a, an inspiration to, you know, push others, you know, regardless of where you are in your career, if you're seeking out a mentor, if you are a mentor or can be a mentor, or you're someone mm-hmm. who is right in the middle and can go both ways, you know, find one and be one. Uh, exactly. You know, yes. it's that inspiration to, you know, just push people that way to do it.
1: Yeah. You, you had, you know, brought up being a younger leader. Like I also understand I, I still have plenty to learn. Like I, I, I can definitely mentor, but I still seek out mentors and I know I will continue. Like I, I do not pretend I have all the answers. And so whether it's surrounding myself with people who do have the answers or can, you know, I can learn from, and I can grow my understanding, but at the same time, like, you know, I, we can have that knowledge share once again, going back to the team, we all have our roles to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, So Phil, as we talk about, you know, just, um, you know, that continuing to grow as a leader, um, you know, you, you've reached kind of this executive director, CEO level position, you know, for, um, you know, the Ronald McDonald house in the Inland Northwest, um, outside of mentorship, um, how else are you continuing to develop and, and and grow as a leader to just, you know to just be that much better?
1: Good, good question. Um, you know, I, I would say right now, and this, when we were going, you had asked earlier about, you know, how do you balance change or putting in new initiatives? Um, so when I took this job and this opportunity, I knew this was a big step. Um, and I knew it was like, okay, you are really taking a big step. So you've got to be prepared to, you know, face a steep learning curve. Um, and, and it is a big step and it, it's been a, a steep learning curve. So, you know, kind of going to that idea of uh, situation is also understanding like right now, like, hey, like I, I have a huge opportunity and I am going to learn so much right now. Um, so it's it's being present in that hey, I don't need to necessarily be looking for the next big thing because the next big thing is currently happening right (laughs) now. And so I have a a lot to learn and to catch up. And so um, I I think what I am really enjoying is building that full leadership team right now and um, promoting people in and also understanding. I was uh, just talking to uh, my assistant the other day and one of the things she said, she was like, I really enjoy... That you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. And um, and i I was like, yeah, I, I agree. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I don't need to be threatened by that. Um, I think that's where, as a leader, you can have a downfall is when you try to be the smartest person in the room and have an answer for for everything, when sometimes you can't have an answer for everything. You know I, the world is not black and white all the time. Sometimes it's gray. Um, and so you have to be able to lean on that knowledge. And so, um, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is I've just taken this huge initial, this huge step into this position, which I'm so appreciative of, is just trying to learn and, and gain understanding of how I can continue to, to better myself and, um, be the, the best leader I can.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that as soon as you like, think you're the smartest person in the room. Um, you very quickly learn that you're not. So yes. <laughs> just going yes. in with kind of that like open, open mindedness. And I know that that's, that's something that, um, you know, I can relate to. And I'm sure you being kind of that young, ambitious, hungry person is like, sometimes like, I know early in my career and still struggle with it today is like, I, you know, always wanted to have the answer. I always wanted to be the guy who came up with the solution so that like, Mm -hmm. you know, hoorah, you know, (laughs) but the -hmm. more that you just like kind of like just sit back and engage other people and get them involved and, you know, contribute, like instead of of leading and, um, you know, dominating the conversation, Mm -hmm. more so facilitating it, you know, that's where you're going to come up with the best solution.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I I like how you said facilitating the conversation, you know, sometimes, oftentimes, I'm not the one who's going to come up with the answer. You know, it's going to be as I'm reaching out to those key stakeholders and say, hey, what would work best for you? And so they, they may come up with a piece of the answer, they may come with the answer. And I'm just like, that's what we're doing. Um, So yeah, oftentimes, as when you're the leader, you are not the one who's coming up with it, you are facilitating. I like,
0: I like that. Awesome. 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 So Phil, Mm -hmm. um, if anyone in our audience today, you know, wants to learn more about you, about the wonderful work being done at the Ronald McDonald house charities of the inland Northwest, maybe they're looking for a mentor or looking for a mentee. How can people reach out to you if they, you know, are inspired by our episode today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am on LinkedIn. And then if you go to our website at RMHC, uh, inland nw for northwest.org um you'll find information about the house ways to volunteer um our staff our mission what we aim to do all the opportunities for fundraising and development that we have along there my contact information is in there i'm happy to give that out and post that so that if people you know do need someone to contact i'm you know definitely available and i think anytime we can get that knowledge here is really good i just went to a conference of other executives about a month ago for the house, um, and it, it, it's really fortunate to be a part of this organization because they, I would say the other executives and CEOs are always willing to share. And so, um, feel free to reach out because I, you know, may not have all the answers, but I might be able to give you that one little piece that's going to help you out. So,
0: yeah, you you don't need to be able to fill the whole puzzle. But you might have that piece to be able, you know, that someone else is missing. So I think that that's awesome. And we'll add all of uh, of your contact information, um, your LinkedIn, your email address, and the website in our show notes. So that way the audience can, you know, um, access that. Phil, just want to say thank you so much for being a guest on the Tips for Team Building podcast where our mission is to inspire and propel others along in their leadership journeys. Really enjoyed the opportunity to reconnect and share your wisdom with our audience and just look forward to continuing the dialogue with you.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Jane. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Tips for Team Building podcast, where we propel others along in their leadership journeys. If you enjoyed the show, would you please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listened? You can also visit www.spiritmco.com to find out more about how Spirit Consulting inspires virtuous leadership. We'll see you next time.